Okie dokie, moving on to segment number six for episode 20, season three. This one is Veterans Oath. And my main point about this is when Navajos enter the military, um, they take an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. But they fail to execute that same principle when they become veterans back on the res. And where this is leading to is what I'm saying about the cartels moving on to the res and taking all the young women and the children and basically whoever's vulnerable, that population right there. And then yet here we are as a veteran agency and our biggest threat is the executive director. <laughs> you know, that's why, that's another, you know, uh, bureaucratic contradiction is like the executive director for all I know has not sold any young children or women into sexual slavery. That is coming off of the part of, you know, that segment family versus family where, you know, yeah, they, they will put their, the female more than likely into a prostitution just to get money. And, the sad part about it is they may not want to do it, but the way the tribal government runs, everybody's kind of broke and, you know, it just makes hard, hard for people to make a living, especially when um, the taxes, the amount of taxes it takes just to run a business is just like insane. What, 30, 30, I want to say 35%. And um, with all these movie companies going through New Mexico, when I was when I was living out there in Albuquerque, the tax was 12 percent. And then um, all these movie companies were coming in, man, they were making shows and they're just having a blast. And I was having a blast going to the movie sets and enjoying my life. And it's like, oh, man, this is this is awesome. Then that governor. No, no, no. Was it? Um, oh, shit. I forgot her name. Uh, there was another governor that went in there. She kind of looks like a bulldog. I forgot her name. And when she took over, she raised the taxes for movies, for filming to 35%, 32%, something like that. And a lot of uh, production companies uh, and produ film productions, they just zoomed past New Mexico and they went out towards Louisiana and Detroit, Michigan and all that. And they started filming there and that's stupid. Oh, Susanna Martinez. That's who it was. Yeah. And then she started like saying, oh, how come we're not making enough money? It's like, because you raised the, the price on freaking um, taxes for the film film companies, you idiot. So then I think it was like after the second or third year of her administration, she finally lowered the taxes down. Then everybody started moving into the um, or coming back to New Mexico and started filming there. Then after that, you know, the coronavirus thing happened and then that Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham started, you know, fucking things up. So anyways, uh, so going back to a veteran's oath, you know, to, you know, that's where I'm kind of looking at. This, this is where I wanted to. This is the topic that I want to bring up to the veterans agency commanders and tell them, look, man, didn't we take an oath when we joined the military to support and defend this country as well as anything that's a threat or an enemy foreign or domestic. And so would you guys forget about that? Because um, 
I don't see the executive director as a threat. And as much as I don't like, you know, Jonathan Nez, I'm like, I don't really see him as a threat either. But I want to tell them the threat that we are getting that's domestic is, you know, human trafficking. Let's go. Let's go focus on that, man. You know, and I know the reason why these veterans don't want to do it is because they're afraid of dying. And I'm like, okay, let's 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 indulge in that thought for a moment. These Navajo veterans are out there. They're, you know, trying to be badasses, getting all these women. Some of them are even sharing war stories, which could actually be fake. But when it comes down to actually defending the women and children on this reservation, they back away. Oh, no, no, no. The, the threat is the executive director over there. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a white guy. He doesn't need to be in office. We need to put a Navajo in there. It's like, and... Here you are trying to impress the women and show off how badass you are. And what better way to die than to defend, you know, the people of this reservation? You know, I thought that was the whole point. Me, you know, as much as, um, as much as a hermit as I'm, uh, as I am, and I'm, you know, as much of a loner as I am, would I die for women and children that I don't know and I've never met? I would, you know, I'd be like, well, shit, I'm expendable. You know, it's not like I have like a, a family that I have on my own and all this. But even then, you know, these family men, they don't necessarily have to pick up a gun and go running down uh, cartels. What I'm trying to tell them is we can secure our little reservation borders and let's protect the um, the insiders but we'll also let them know that we're here to help out and we're not going to be snitches, but we will, you know, make sure that we are taking care of our own. If they really care for their loved ones that much that they don't want to go back to war again, you know, so I guess what I'm trying to say that I kind of missed my point was that as veterans, we could split up in two categories those that can defend their family because they have a family and those like me who can defend these guys and their families uh, and being, you know, being a single lonely dude, you know, shit, I don't mind, you know, I can, I don't mind patrolling some parts of the res if I have to, you know, and, you know, just kind of pretty much checking on everybody. Cause like I said, the way Jonathan Nez had that whole, um, reservation lockdown working to where this, I think this was mostly in Tebanito, which I didn't go that way. I went through chambers and I 40, but if I needed to go to town and um, that's where it, I, I consider it effective, you know, the, and, and then the whole thing with the drones, uh, the young lady that I was talking to um, a, the veteran about this human trafficking situation, she shared with me, um, a Navajo task force for human trafficking. And I remember hearing about it, but there hasn't really been much of a push for it. So I told her, I said, uh, you know, later on, after we're kind of getting more established, I wouldn't mind reaching out to these guys and working together with them. Excuse me. And then, um, and the other base I try to cover is the PTSD issue for these veterans. And that's where I, I'm, when once we're done with this cemetery cleanup, uh, I'm going to start reaching out to that um, veteran nonprofit where they give out like CBD oils and gummies to um, 
to help with um, veterans with PTSD and, you know, kind of see what we can work out there. And um, also, um, you know, that, that could be something that could be free of charge for, for us or something. You know, I'm, I'm just saying that putting those two elements together, the human trafficking as well as the PTSD, uh, CBD, and the, um, the hemp products, it could really go well hand in hand, and that could be the next stage of evolution for this tribe to where we are securing our own borders, our veterans are getting better and healthier, our people have restored faith in each other, and people are working harder to work together rather than waiting for Jonathan Nez to give them a stimulus check and then letting all these uh, human trafficking situations you know, take over the res and everybody's all scared and afraid. And it's like, you know, that's why, you know, when I really think about the way they're going after this executive director, just because basically he's big because he's a white guy, it don't make no damn bit of sense, you know. And um, that's why I want to have my say and I want to have my piece where I get to say what I need to say. And I'll just be like, you know, whether or not you guys want to listen to what I'm saying, it doesn't matter because I already said it on the podcast. And that was another situation where I did oh, recently at the um, Sanders meeting, uh, um, uh veteran meeting. I did bring up the the possibility of starting a podcast. I said, now, a lot of you veterans got a lot to say. And I said, and the best thing you do is to put it on that podcast. I said, it's a little tricky to, you know, get it going. But once you get the hang of it, uh, you'll wonder how you ever did without it, you know, basically. And um, at the end, you know, a few people gave me some claps, which I thought was pretty cool because I motivated them enough to kind of like say, fuck, I believe in this dude now, you know, I, I, I kind of understand what he's saying. There's use, he's using some words. I don't know what the, what the hell they mean, but, um, for the most part, I get the gist of what he's saying. Okay. Yeah, we can do it. You know, we are able enough to do it and we are living in a free country. So why are we afraid? Why are we limiting ourselves? You know, that, that was the whole point I was making. And then, um, you know, so that oath of, um, well, uh, supporting and defending the Constitution of the United States, that's the one I remember. Um, I do. I did have that form with me, but um, I think the mice pissed all over it because I put it in our, our storage shed. And here there was openings where mice just came in and ransacked that whole damn thing. Anyways, um, so that's why, you know, for me to bring all this stuff up is because I want to make sure that... Um, what I tell the veterans at the agency level, if they decide to fact check me, did he actually say that on his podcast? I hope they listen to it. And then they're like, okay, well, this sounds more interesting. Let me see what else he's got. And they see the other subjects that I'm talking about and they read the description. Oh, hey, shit. Yeah, maybe this is this is a good something, a good reference that I could learn off of. Or maybe I can take this for myself. It really doesn't matter to me. But... Um, also another thing about the young lady that, um, was, we were talking about this human trafficking and she says there are some, some, some places that she knows of on the res where they're actually engaging in podcasts. They're doing podcasts. And I was like, good, man, let's take the fucking power away from KTNN. 
they abuse that right, that privilege by, you know, <clears throat> you know, using their propaganda to scare the elderly. And I told her, I said, you know, where in the hell was KTNN when we needed them? Why, why are they not giving out the reports of uh, suicides, domestic violence, all these cases that they're supposedly such experts at? And, you know, and if they say we, that they get their information from the newspapers, well, you know, it, to me, it's like saying, um, well, I, I'm a DJ, but I'm going to tell you guys what to believe because this is what I believe is the right word, you know, and that don't make no damn bit of sense because it reminds me of that guy who's trying to tell me to read the Bible, learn about the Bible, learn about Jesus and God when he's over there, can't even talk to his own sisters and families, cannot bring them together. And I'm like, if you really want to pray for something, pray for these missing people, man. Why don't you go just spend your time on that? Find out where they are, you know, use your uh, Christian connections and, you know, talk to God and ask God to tell you where these people are and, or ask Jesus to give you the answers to how to start something to make sure human trafficking is, you know, a thing of non-existence and you know, there's so many issues on the reservation. You could just pick up a rock and throw it and you'll hit something that's an issue, you know, basically it's how it is. And, um, so that's why I don't really want to engage in all that talk where, you know, somebody's trying to tell me what to believe and the, the news media thing, I really don't care about that anymore. And the thing about uh, news media or just media in general, you know, like as far as entertainment goes, like with the um, the recent uh, Academy Award Oscars show they had where Chris Rock was making fun of uh, Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, because she was losing her hair. And Will Smith got mad. He went up there and he smacked him in the face and says, you know, keep my wife's name out of your mouth and um that right there became you know there was all these memes on it and it just it just became a big uh subject to talk about a big trend uh as far as uh, the oscars went other than that that was like the only highlight of the night not like who won and all this shit it was more about oh will smith slapped uh, chris rock across the face for talking about his wife, Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith. And, um, and then uh, on YouTube, I saw some videos where these guys were talking about how that whole thing was staged. And I was like, stage, what do you mean? You know, well, you know, I, I knew what they meant, but I was like, I wanted to know a little bit more about what they meant by it. So there was a, this guy showed a real quick meme of Will Smith, his position, the way he was about to smack Chris Rock. He had his hand pulled back and um, the way his hand was, it wasn't for maximum, you know, maximum impact. It was kind of like meant for a little bitch slap, the way Will Smith's arm was angled. And then Chris Rock already had his eyes closed and his, his face ready to take that hit. I was like, holy shit. Okay, I see what you're talking about now. And then um, then another good point this guy brought up was, if this was not staged, if this was not fa uh, fake, then 
they should have already escorted Will Smith. The security should have already escorted him out of there, you know, because he basically smacked the person. And then I was like, oh, yeah, no shit, huh? Because if anybody ever did that at a regular event, then surely security would be coming up and escorting that person out of there. So I was like, oh, okay, I get the gist of what you're saying now. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, that is pretty much staged. You know, there's no other way to say it. There's no other way to put it. And um, that's the way, um, you know, looking at all this media stuff, they're telling us what to believe. And I'm like, "Eh, okay, I just want to be aware of the issues of what they're talking about. But do I want to believe it? No, because um, they had their chance and they blew it the way I see it. And the one thing that makes me say that is because of my chemical training that I had in the army. They're saying that the way I was taught in the army to save lives, as far as uh, biological attacks, chemical attacks, nuclear attacks, is it ain't worth shit because they um, said, oh, the face cover is going to is going to save you. And the um, the booster shots. Yeah, that's going to save you, too. And then that's why I'm like, what, what are you saying? My uh, my training was all for nothing. You, you saying I'm not good at it. You saying that, you know, you, you putting down what I've been taught and trained in, you know, and not only that, but um, just who the hell are you to, you know, just start making up things like that? the face cover. I mean, if anything, that probably collected more contamination than anything in the booster shots, you know, that has an effect to where a lot of people weren't given the right information. And that's where I was saying that some people already had pre-existing conditions, health conditions. Um, they already had diabetes. They were old, they were elderly, they weren't eating right. They had too much sodium, sugar, salt, uh, grease, um, you know, uh, alcohol, tobacco, just you name it. That's how bad we are as a Navajo society. Our health has just been shot to shit, basically. And then here comes the CDC saying, oh, you know, here's Dr. Fauci. He'll tell you this is the way to do it. And when the, all along, anybody that was trying to say, correct the uh, correct the record, you know, excuse me, and then say that, this, these are the reasons why they were blocked by like Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube, um, just whatever format was out there. They were denied the truth to be let out, you know. Um, yeah, and so that's pretty much my point as far as the veterans oath. We just need to take back what we um, what we originally put out there as far as, uh, how we were going to make the country a better place to live. We need to take that type of mentality back and bring it here on the res and do that. And maybe possibly even start up our own borders and stuff like that. So that way we don't have all this human trafficking going on and stuff like that. Anyways. Okay. So, uh, that's going to lead me to our last subject of the night. This is going to be number seven. This was going to be a competitor's mindset.